You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They can't be the Packers. No. Are you crazy? You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy. We have one day until the draft. Um, busy week, did not get all the podcasts done that I really wanted to do. And honestly, I mean, we we covered so few position groups in, in totality. I mean, we completely wrapped up wide receiver. We completely wrapped up tight end. Uh, I do, I have been tweeting my official final rankings for some of these position groups like quarterback and wide receiver are two that I've already done as the, of the time of this recording. So make sure you are following me on Twitter at J J L A H E Y. If you want to see those, um, if I should make this available, if I should make my full board available on Patreon. If you care about such a thing. So I think what I want to do today is I want to do a little bit of cleanup on a couple of prospects that I have promised to review. One of those was Julius Brents, the corner. And I, I got to go figure out who even asked me to look at Julius Brents. But got to look at him. And I think what I want to do is talk about my guys. Sort of who I really hope is going to end up with the Packers. And it's not just the round one, round two guys. I, I, there's, at least at some positions, there's some guys way down the draft boards that I'm really hoping we nab in the, you know, day three rounds. And I struggled a little bit to come up with a plan for how to attack this. I think what I want to do is I'm going to do a, live Packers mock draft here on the pod. And just at each pick, we'll just stop and talk about the guys who are available. And one of the things that I like about doing this is it sort of will reveal, you know, some difference of opinion that I have 
compared to a lot of preconceptions and, you know, just the consensus. People like to talk about what the, uh, draft industrial complex. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The consensus big board is good. I like it. If you don't know what that is, we, when we say that we're talking about NFL mock draft database.com. It's a fantastic resource that just keeps track of all of the mock drafts that are out there and just aggregates them. And so, you know, just generally of all the people who cover the draft in the media, this is where people think these players go. And I think that, I think that there is an element of just like fan mock drafts incorporated into that. And I think that it's weighted a lot lighter than say, you know, Mel Kiper, Bob McGinn. Ooh, I should check and see if Bob McGinn's uh, mock draft is out yet. His is every year. It's the most accurate. No, we just have a couple of articles on linebacker and I guess linebacker was yesterday and DB was this morning. Funny, DB, like there's a subtitle to it and it just talks about the corners. I'm guessing that's a <laughs> an indicator of how bad the safety class is. I did find some safeties I like though, by the way. So there's that. I mean, it's been, I mean, it's, it's a horrible horrible safety class. But there's a couple guys that I do officially like. I think probably about five total. And one of them is a nice nice late round guy that the Packers did meet with, and that would be Jordan Howden. So I think Jordan Howden looks looks totally fine. Um, I would be totally content with drafting him. Um, and I think that he probably will be available in like round five, six, something like that. Okay, we're going to do this mock draft. So let's see, Packers, seven rounds. We're going to turn the speed all the way down. Uh, we're going to use the public board, not the PFF board. Don't care about that at all. So we're just going to slide it all the way to public. I wonder where they're getting that information from. <clears throat> public. I mean, are they pulling it from NFL mock draft database? Because that would be good. Care for positional value. Let's turn that up more than halfway. Draft for needs, let's turn that right about halfway, maybe slightly over. And randomness, uh, it's a little bit of randomness, not much. All right, it's about where I like to do it. So the only trade question that I really have here is if the Packers are going to try and trade back in the first round right now. couple of teams that, you know, we have reason to think the Packers may trade back with. One of those is Jacksonville. One of those is uh, the Chargers. And then uh, the other would be the Steelers at pick 17. Not to say that nobody else is in contention, but those are kind of the big three. Steelers desperately want a tackle. I think that if there is a tackle available at pick 13. Um, if there's only one of the top tackles available at pick 13, I, I think it's highly likely that the that the Steelers try and try and trade uh, up with us. And that compensation would 
Mm, it would cost the Steelers a third round pick. Now the Steelers would be slightly overpaying there, but I don't think if you are the Packers that you have any interest in trading back for less. Part of the problem is, so you're trying to make up about 40 points worth of value. So the Steelers third round pick is worth 56 points. Their fourth round pick is worth 24 points, but they don't have any picks after that to package up. No fifth round picks, no sixth round picks. And then their seventh round picks are worth two points and one point a piece. So that doesn't help you at all. So, you know, you could trade a future pick, maybe a future third round pick. But again, would that be enough to sway the Packers? I would say no. I don't think that they would be that interested in a future third round pick to move back four spots, especially considering how hard they fought to move up from 15 to 13 with the Jets. So I just, I mean, to me, that's like horrible value. And actually, I mean, I, I don't think I would want to do it for a third this year. You know, all memes aside about how the Packers can't draft in the third round, which I'm not saying that it's fake, but also you can't base business decisions off of that. I mean, I think I would have to take their second, second round pick. So they're picking, they have the Bears second round pick at pick 32, and then their own is at 49. I think if, if Pittsburgh wanted to move up with Green Bay, I think if I'm Green Bay, I'm saying you have to give me pick 49. Otherwise, this isn't happening. And if that, what, if that, if that is what you could get out of it, I would be fine with moving back from 13 to 17, but picking up a, a, a third second round pick. So you would pick at 42, 45, and 49. I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat. Um, as far as the Chargers go, so the Chargers are picking a little bit early, or later, sorry, at, at 21. Their second round pick is also later. What is it? Is it not LAC? It is LAC. I typed in LAC and it's Air it out on me. There we go. LAC. So they're at 21 and 54. And if you package those two picks together, it's actually equivalent to about pick 10. Call it pick 11, really. It's equivalent to pick 11. So, you know, from a trade chart standing, the Packers did win that trade. However, I think draft day trades tend to more heavily favor the team that is trading back. So I don't know that I would do that. I think I I think I might insist on th- you throwing in a fourth or fifth round pick as well or you know maybe maybe a future fourth or a future third. And you know at that point LA would be overpaying, but but again on draft day you kind of have to overpay. You can't just, you know, get fair value the same way you always do because, you know, it's a seller's market on on draft day, even in a draft class like this. But again, you know, the draft class isn't great. So if you, you know, are just picking slightly earlier in round one versus picking twice in round one and round two, I don't know. The, to, to me, the value is there this year more than it is in most years. I think most years, would I accept 21 and 54 to move back from 13? No, I would not. 
<clears throat> actually, I mean, it wouldn't even be close. I, I, I would, I would say no to that so quickly this year with how bad the draft class is. And the fact that, you know, by the time you get on the clock at pick 13, how likely is it that the guy you love is going to be there? And it's not that likely. I'm just saying this year I would consider it a little bit more than most years. Now, if we were to trade back with Jacksonville, and I promise this is the last one we're going to do. So Jacksonville picks at 24. So they're even further back than the Chargers yet. And, of course, they're even further back in the second round as well. The gap here is so big between the uh, Steelers trade and the Chargers trade down to the Jacksonville trade. The interesting thing is, though, According to the trade chart, those two Jacksonville picks are nearly identical to the value of the Packers pick 13. It's off by one point. The The Jaguars would be underpaying by one total point. Again, this is draft day, and so, you know, we're not going to give them a super fair price. We're not going to be like, yeah, throw in your seventh rounder that's worth two points and call it good. If we were to overcharge them by the same amount that we kind of said we would overcharge the Steelers and Chargers, I think you're looking at between their third round pick and their first fourth round pick. So I, I think I would insist on the on the third round pick. So if you're picking at 24, 56, and 88, that's a 1, 2, and a 3 to move back 11 spots. It's worth it, but I don't feel great about it. I think if Goody made that trade, I'd say, okay, you know, I, I like what you're doing in terms of not putting all your eggs in one basket. You are spreading out this talent across three players. So that's three chances to hit on a stud. So I get it, and I like it, I guess, but I don't love it. So that's where we're at. So you'd be picking at, uh, yeah, I already said the numbers. Okay. We're not going to trade in this. We're just going to stay pat at pick 13 because we just we just got pick 13. Everybody's excited about it. And let's see if we can j get Jackson Smith and Jigba because that's who everybody wants. Or maybe there's going to be somebody else better available. So right off the bat, you got uh, obviously the top two picks. You got Bryce Young. And then Will Levis comes off the board at two. I, I think that's crap. I, <laughs> that is definitely a reflection of the last 48 hours of news and stuff. It's He's not going to Houston. Houston's not picking Will Levis. Maybe they will. Maybe this, you know, soundbite of me is going to be hilarious at some point. But, I, nah, I'm, I'm not buying it. All right. C.J. Stroud goes off the board at pick four. So, Will Anderson's gone. Jalen Carter's gone. Tyree Wilson's gone. Anthony Richardson, Paris Johnson, Peter Skronsky, and Devin Witherspoon are all gone. Titans are on the clock. They are taking... Come on. Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then the Texans take Broderick Jones. Now, we have some decisions to make here. Number one, my top corner is off the board. Um, I'm not as big on Christian Gonzalez. Devin Witherspoon is clearly my corner number one. Looking at some of the other guys who are available, Miles Murphy is staring us right in the face. I hate Miles Murphy. If we draft him, I'm really going to struggle to find a way to be excited about him. I I don't understand why he's listed as one of the top guys. I, I think across the board, his profile just 
kind of stinks. He is my edge number 11. He is very athletic. And then he kind of couldn't back that up anywhere on the field. He could not manage a 10% pressure rate in college. In the pros, when you're going up against NFL tackles, we expect as a bare minimum, we expect you to get a 10% pressure rate. He's got a 9.6% pressure rate in college. That's horrible. Uh, he also has a... Mm, it, it's not a horrible missed tackle rate. There's guys who are rated higher uh, higher than for me, higher than him for me, who have a worse missed tackle rate. But I kind of make allowances for those guys because they are so good at creating pressure. Miles Murphy is not a good pass rusher, so if you're also not a great tackler or run defender why should I be excited about you? I mean, he's not a horrible run defender, but 21% of his tackles are, of his tackle attempts are misses. That's bad, dude. <laughs> That's bad. He's very athletic. He was uh, on Feldman's freaks list for 2022. He was number three overall. That's pretty good. It's kind of the only thing he's got working for him. And uh, DJ Johnson Edge out of Oregon, he was number four on the same list. So, you know, if you want to get um, a guy that we're drafting just off of athletic traits and nothing else, by the way, DJ Johnson uh, has a 12.7% pressure rate and a lower missed tackle rate. Granted, it goes from 21% down to 20%, but still, it is better. I just, there's just so many guys who have way, way better profiles than Miles Murphy. By the way, uh, DJ Johnson and Miles Murphy, there's so many comparisons between the two, it's kind of crazy. They're the same height, almost the same uh, weight. DJ has bigger hands. DJ has mm, basically the same arm length, slightly smaller. The 40 time is kind of crazy. Miles ran a 4.74. DJ ran a 4.49. Why in the world would you ever have DJ Johnson ranked below Miles Murphy? Like, across the board, DJ is just the less problematic, identical player <laughs> to Miles Murphy. So, I can't I can't get excited about Miles Murphy. Not at pick 13. If you're picking him in, like, the third round, Absolutely. But I don't think he's that good. I really don't. I think you're drafting a an athlete, and then you're trying to turn him into a good football player. Now, edge is one of the most likely positions that we're going to pick here. So let's talk about which edges I do like. My number one edge is Lucas Van Ness. 939 relative athletic score. 1.46 impact plays per game. That's decent. We're looking for about 1.5 or better. 1.46 is pretty close. Um, he is six foot four, 272 pounds, 11 inch hands, nice big hands, nice long arms, 34 inch arms. His 40 time was a four, five, eight, nice and speedy. His agility drills all look good. 17% pressure rate, 29% missed tackle rate is a little bit high. I will tell you it's a little bit of a coin toss between Van Ness and my edge number two. 
But there is one big factor that separates them. My edge two is Keon White. Across the board, I pretty much like Keon White better. His pressure rate is very similar. It's 15%, which is still fantastic. Um, missed tackle rate is a lot better. It's only 15% compared to 29. His 40 time was a little bit slower. We're going from a 4.58 to a 4.79, but Keon is a lot bigger dude than Van Ness is. Keon is six foot five, 286 pounds. That's 14 pounds heavier. Same arm length. Also got big hands. Not quite as big as Lucas's, but still nice and big. But here's the big knock for me. Oh, and let me, let me just one more thing I love about Keon compared to Lucas. Keon, 30 reps on the bench press. Lucas only 17. So Keon is almost my guy. And in fact, for most of this process here, Keon has been my number one edge. But Lucas Van Ness is 21 years old. Keon White is 24. And that to me makes such a massive difference. I think Keon is the better football player today. But you've lost three years off of this guy. He's going to turn 25 before the Super Bowl. I can't. I can't. I love him. I really do. But he's going to be 25, a 25-year-old rookie. I just I can't pass up Lucas Van Ness for Keon White, and it's because of the age. Now, you've heard how excited I am about Keon. If the Packers draft Keon at pick 13, I'm going to be over the moon, super excited. I think he's fantastic. But I'll be sad about how old he is. That's all I'm saying. After that, I do have Will Anderson. I, I know, kind of shocking that Will Anderson, like the consensus best defensive player in this draft class, BS. He's good. I mean, he he definitely has some stuff to work with that you like, but there's some massive negatives. First of all, 46 tackling grade. That is uh, the worst of anybody in my top 13 edge rushers. 46 tackling, tackling grade is bad. He was also penalized nine times last year. The second highest in my top 13 was edge number 13, Derek Hall out of Auburn. That was six. Elsewhere, you're just looking at four penalties or fewer. Um, and in fact, Yaya Diaby out of Louisville had zero. So nine penalties for Will Anderson. Don't love seeing that. He does check all the boxes athletically that we're looking for. However, he did not participate in the agility drills at all at the combine or the pro day. So he does not have a relative athletic score. And that is a negative for me. I want to know what you can do. I don't want to just, you know, take it based on your word that you're athletic. I want to know. And we don't have an RAS for him. So, you know, what if, what if he's like a six that drops him down for me? Will Anderson also only had 1.08 impact plays per game. That is by far the lowest of anybody in my top 14. It is the second worst in my top 18. I mean, it's bad. 1.08. You're looking at your bare minimum threshold is one per game. But you're looking for 1.5. 1.08 is bad. What's an impact play? So that would be a sack, a tackle for loss, 
a what's the other one? Is that just it? No, there's one more. Oh, forced fumble. So a sack, a forced fumble, or a tackle for loss. You want one to one point five ideally per game. And he's at 108. So, you know, it is, I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at, but it's also the worst out of any of these guys that we're looking at. And you got guys who are getting one and a half per game or more. I mean, you got Tyree Wilson has 2.2 per game, Isaiah Foskey, 217 per game. And I'm supposed to be excited about Zach, uh, Will Anderson with 1.08. He's also small. He's only six foot three, 253 pounds, small hands under 10 inches. His arm length is not bad, but it's one of the shorter ones at 33. Uh, his 40 time was good, 4.6. I do like that. He's nice and young at 21.7 years old. Pressure rate, 17%. This is why he's sitting here at number three for me. I do love the pressure rate. Here's what I hate. The missed tackle rate. Nearly 40% of his tackle attempts, nearly 40% of his tackle attempts were misses. Garbage. Garbage. He is good in coverage. Uh, he only allowed a passer rating when targeted of 33.3. That's fantastic. Only allowed 50% completion, which is one reception on two targets. So super small sample size, but not gonna be mad about it either. So across the board, I do like Will Anderson. But he's not my number one, and I can't do it. And it's it's really not close. My top two are Van Ness and White. Then there's a drop-off, and then there's Will Anderson, who, I mean, to me, I guess I would say developmental. But usually, if I'm going to slap a developmental label on a guy, I want to know that he's super athletic, and I don't know that about Will Anderson. Maybe he is, but I don't know it. So then we got Isaiah Foskey. 961 relative athletic score, 2.17 impact plays per game, uh, 72 PFF grade overall. Uh, Isaiah Foskey is out of Notre Dame. I should have been saying, cause some of these, a lot of people don't know who some of these guys are. So Lucas Van Ness, I'm sure you've heard his name, but he's out of Iowa. Keon White, that's like a definitely under the radar name. So you probably have not heard his name. He comes from Georgia Tech. Uh, and he was a transfer from, where was it? Old Dominion, I think. I like Keon White a lot. Just had to say that again. Will Anderson, very well known. He's from Alabama. Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame. So Isaiah Foskey, here's the interesting thing. Number four and five on my list are both Isaiahs. And I like them both a lot. In fact, I like them both almost equally. But across the board, they paint a very different picture. You know, it's almost like pick your flavor and I have picked mine. First of all, uh, Isaiah Foskey was number 45 on Feldman's Freaks list for Athletic Freaks for 2022. Missed tackle rate of 4%. That is fantastic. And it's not a small sample size either. He had 31 tackle. Wait, hang on. Where is it? 31. 27 tackle attempts. I was looking at the wrong column. And he made 26 of them. So that's great. You'd love to see that. Uh, his pressure rate is low. 10.6% pressure rate. Now, it is above the minimum that I'm looking for, but it's really not my college minimum. My college minimum is really about 12%. In the pros, it's 10%. So he really is kind of below what I'm looking for. To me, Isaiah Foskey is a fantastic 
run defender, and unbelievable tackler, and hyper-athletic. 9.61 relative athletic score. Very impactful. Nice young guy at 22 and a half years old. We're fine with that age. And then Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri, the other Isaiah, he graded out higher across the board. He also graded out higher in pass rush, and he had a 13% pressure rate. A little bit less less athletic, though. He ran a 4.76.40 time compared to Foskey's 4.58. And then his relative athletic score drops from a 9.61 down to a 9.53, while also being a little bit shorter and a little bit heavier. Smaller hands, shorter arms. Um, the agility drills were all slightly worse. I guess his vert was better. Uh, he did not do the bench press. Uh, Foskey had 22 reps on the bench. And, uh, and then his missed tackle percentage was 18%, which is good. I'm, I'm, I'm basically just looking for mm, sub 25, preferably sub 20. So Van Ness is at 29. That is high. It almost, you know, was a tipping point for me for putting him behind Keon White, but you know, then he's three years younger, so I, I did give him the edge. So there you go. Those are those are my top five edge rushers. Van Ness, Keon White, Will Anderson, Isaiah Foskey, and Isaiah McGuire. I'm not going to break down the other top guys, but I will read their names to you. Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech. I know a lot of, a lot of hype that he's going to be the number three overall pick to the Cardinals or the number two to the Texans. I'm not a big Tyree Wilson guy. <clears throat> um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I really don't see what he does translating in a fantastic way to the pros. Just kind of a weird sized dude, six foot six, 271 pounds. Um, not the biggest across the board in a bunch of other areas of his body. Like he's got small hands. Um, his arms are nice and long, so that's great to me. He's like kind of in that tweener territory though, but I love the pressure rate, 19.5% pressure rate. That is fantastic. That's the best out of anybody in my top, um, tier 16% missed tackle rate. He's okay. Um, across the board, except kind of bad in coverage. Tyree Wilson you know what? If we drafted him, there's definitely stuff to get excited about there. He was super productive in college. I just don't really think it's going to translate. Then after that, Zach Harrison, Ohio State. Now, to me, Zach Harrison is like a Rashawn Gary light. Uh, he's got a you know decent pressure rate, very athletic, um, just kind of a consistent presence at all times. Good tackler. What you don't love so much with Harrison is the impact plays. All right. He gets a lot of pressures. They don't turn into sacks. He feels to me kind of developmental. He is the highest graded edge rusher in my top echelon uh, at 86.1. He's got an 85.3 pass rush grade, and he doesn't have any bad grades at all. Only penalized three times. I like Zach Harrison. Um, he's not, uh, he's, he's definitely boring. He's very, very boring. 
But I think that he's a guy that you look at the tools he has, and he's very young. He's only 21.7. He is a fantastic leader. I think you look at him and you say, this is a guy who we can t- really turn into something in the pros, like Rashawn Gary. Um, then we have Tavius Robinson out of Ole Miss. Um, just a shorthand on this guy. Not a fantastic uh, pass rusher, but he's a good run defender. Um, a little bit on the less athletic side, we're definitely getting into the, um, mm, you know, sort of next tier of less exciting guys, but he's big six foot six, 257 pounds. I think he could stand to eat a cheeseburger or two kind of tall and lanky. He's projected to go pretty late, probably looking at like the sixth round. So Tavius Robinson, that's got to keep in mind later on. And then Felix Anadike, I don't know how you say the Anadike part. I know how to say Uzama because of CJ Uzama, but Felix Anadike Uzama. And just give me a pass for how I said the middle part of his name. (laughs) Felix Uzama, all right, FAU, out of Kansas State. Kind of a consensus early second-round pick, maybe late first-round pick. Um, I like Uzama a lot. Would be very excited with him. I, I really wouldn't hate if we grabbed him at 13. I'd be disappointed at some of the guys who I like that we would be passing up on, but I like Felix. And then at, at, at that point, you are into the tier of guys I'm no longer excited about, and you immediately run into DJ Johnson out of Oregon and Miles Murphy out of Clemson. So those are my top edge guys. So... Um, Van Ness is available here. And so that honestly probably is the direction I'm tempted to go. Let's look at a couple other positions real quick here. Who's available because Jackson Smith and Jigba is gone. And I don't really want to take my wide receiver two here. So wide receiver is off the board for me at pick 13 at tight end. We could take Michael Mayer. The problem is all the tight ends are available. And there are other guys who I like enough that even though Michael Mayer is my tight end one, there's other guys who I would be okay with getting instead of Michael Mayer. So I think because we have so many options and it is a deep position, I'm not going to go Michael Mayer. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Now, if we're looking at offensive line, Paris Johnson is already off the board, and so is Peter Skaronsky. Those are uh, two of my favorite guys you got. Broderick Jones, Anton Harrison, Darnell Wright, Dewan Jones, Matthew Bergeron is another guy I'm really high on. But Matthew Bergeron, I mean, I think he's going to be like a late second round caliber guy. So, you know, we could reach for him at pick 45 in the second round, but I don't want to take him here. You know, you're really, there's not, with those top two guys off the board, there's not really anybody else on the offensive line. That thrills me more than Lucas Van Ness. Uh, Cody Mauk is another guy I like. Okay. Looking at uh, defensive tackle. This is maybe the other direction you could go in. Because I really, really, really like Adetamawa Adabare. Consensus early, early second round pick may go in the first round. Jalen Carter is off the board. Moro Ojimo is a guy that I love a ton, but he is projected really late, like a fifth-round guy. So I think people would shoot me if I took him here at 13, but I do like him. Really, it would be Adetamawa, Adabare, or nobody for the defensive tackle group. I'm not interested in any linebackers. Could consider Bijan. I think Bijan is probably the number two option for me here behind, you know, the top edge rusher. So Lucas Van Ness and Keon White, I'd both be fine with those at pick 13. After those guys, probably would be most interested in Bijan. Not interested in any of the remaining quarterbacks. Not interested in any of the corners or safeties really at pick 13. And so that is kind of where we're at. It's Adetamawa Adabare, it's Lucas Van Ness, it's Keon White, it's Bijan Robinson. So I am going to, since I have, you know, those four guys that I like, I am going to go with Van Ness because Edge is certainly a bigger need for us than running back. Um, So we're going to do that. With our first pick, we're taking Lucas Van Ness. Bijan comes off the board at pick 15 to the Jets. So that's kind of funny. Um, looking at who else is coming off the board. Nobody that I really am sad to have missed out on. Joey Porter Jr. is gone. Boo-hoo. Oh, well. All right. The second wide receiver off the board was Zay Flowers. He went to the Seahawks. Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. Dude, I am so far out on Jordan Addison. Jordan is my... Where is he? He's so far down my list. He is my wide receiver. Where's my ranking? Here we go. 23. I hate Jordan Addison. <laughs> I am so far out on that guy. I have just, there's nothing redeeming for me in Jordan Addison. 
Oh, Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer are both gone now, so those are definitely the top two guys. Keon White goes at pick 31 to the Chiefs. Told you he was going to be a first-rounder. Uh, Keely Ringo's gone. Praise the Lord. Jameer Gibbs is gone. Will McDonald's gone. We're almost on the clock now. So right before us uh, went Adetamawa Adabare, Felix Anadike Uzama. Uh, who was the other interesting name that just flashed by? Well, I guess Hendon Hooker is gone. But I told you if we wanted Adetamawa Adabare, we would have to take him in the first round. Okay, guys available to us here at various positions. We have John Michael Schmitz, the center. Anton Harrison, the tackle. Darnell Washington, the tight end. I do... Uh, I'm one of those people who does really like Darnell Washington, but I've heard all the, you know, all the rumors and the background info and, and, and now the medical concerns with Darnell. I think I'm going to skip Darnell. Uh, this board is suggesting Josh Downs. That's hilarious. Steve Avila. No, thank you. Sam Laporta is available here. So if we were going to take a tight end and the, the big two are gone. And next is uh, Darnell Washington and Sam Laporta. I think Sam Laporta is kind of your last opportunity here for one of those really good receiving tight ends. And I think I really do want Sam Laporta. The question for me here is, in between pick 42 and 45, you got the Jets and the Falcons. Now, I don't think that the Jets would take a tight end because they have like 50 of them. The Falcons probably could use a second tight end. Now, they have a bunch of other needs. Who did they take in the first round? Did they take a, they didn't take a quarterback. Do they have a first round pick? Do they not have a first round? Oh, they, yeah, they took Paris Johnson in the first round. That's right. Uh, so, you know, who are, who are they going to target in there? They do need wide receivers. And this is kind of where I'm at is I, I, I want to take some pass catchers. I'm not big on Luke Musgrave. So Sam Laporta really like him. Luke Musgrave, by the way, is my tight end nine. Sam Laporta is really, he's my tight end four, but ahead of him is Darnell Washington. Big question mark for me because of the character issues, because of the medical issues that he's running into now at this point. So it's kind of Sam Laporta or bust in terms of these top pass catching tight ends. I'm going to filter. Can I filter this by just wide receiver and tight end so I can look at who's available strictly? Because my wide receiver two is still available, and that is Rasheed Rice. So they are they are saying that uh, Tank Dell and Josh Downs should be the next wide receivers off the board. Nonsense. Those dudes are tiny. They are not. Well, is, is Josh Downs tiny? Josh Downs, to me, I didn't have him high. Yeah, he's five foot nine, 171 pounds, and he's a twig. Tank Dell is super tiny. The Packers are not going to take either one of them. I mean, it's, it's, you, these guys would have to fall to like the fifth, sixth round for Gudikins to even consider him, I think. Now, Jalen Hyatt is here. I think, I think that the Packers would want to take Jalen Hyatt. I think they like his speed. We've heard a million times from a million people that they think Jalen Hyatt is Chris Olave. I was not big on Chris Olave, which explains why I'm not big on Sam, um, Jalen Hyatt. I think the Packers are. So if I were GM, we'd be taking Rasheed Rice right here, but I'm also trying to do a little bit of a predictive thing here for the Packers. I really might lean Jalen Hyatt 
with this pick. The problem also arises, though, that we got Jonathan Mingo. Rasheed Rice and Jonathan Mingo are both higher on my board than Jalen Hyatt is. So let's talk real quick about the differences between these three receivers and why Rasheed Rice and Jonathan Mingo are kind of my guys. So Rasheed Rice, he stands out from the other two in that he checks all of the Packers athletic thresholds. His 40 time is a little bit slow at 4.51, but it's not disqualifying. And that's the only measurement that really is any kind of a problem. Across the board, he's fine outside of that. Now, there it, there are rumors that, I guess, well, Bob McGinn wrote that there's a scout who said that Rasheed Rice is talented, but he's a bad person. Just like off the field, like he's just a bad guy. I don't know. That's one anonymous scout saying that. So I don't know how much stock I want to put in that. I think Rasheed Rice is fantastic. He reminds me a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. Jonathan Mingo, he is uh, six foot one, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, Rasheed Rice is six foot even. Jonathan Mingo has nice big hands. His three cone was a little bit slow, but not terrible. His forty time was four four six. Very athletic. He's he's a nine eight seven relative athletic score out of ten. Rasheed Rice is a nine five three. I really, really, really like both of these guys. If you could get them both um, on the Packers roster, I'd be over the moon. I think Rasheed Rice is just kind of a little bit more of that typical X receiver. And I'm not really sure that that's what we have at, uh, on our roster. You know, I love Christian Watson. And I think that you maybe could use him as your X. But I think he might have to modify his body a little bit. I think he would need to put on some muscle. He's just a little bit slight for me. Right now, I like Watson a lot better as just your Z receiver. So I would like to put Rice, just line him up as your X, you know, really just make him your your new, you know, Devontae. Really, he's more of a DeAndre Hopkins type, but I would like to do that. Now, conversely, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee is kind of that Christian Watson type again. Speedy, deep threat, sure hands, um, you know, big playmaker. He was extremely productive in college. He's the most productive receiver in college. Um out of any of my top guys, let me see here. If you actually put together just the combo of most athletic and most productive, he is third overall. You got Matt Landers in at number one. Love Matt Landers. He's definitely a guy I'm going to try and steal later in this draft. Marvin Mims is number two. Jalen Hyatt number three. Andre Yosevash is number four. And Jackson Smith and Jigba is number five. Worth noting, Jonathan Mingo number six. So the top six guys are all like my guys. And that's not a coincidence. Um, I'm, I am drawn to athletic, productive receivers. Sorry. So what I believe is that the Packers want a second deep threat in addition to Christian Watson. I think they want to pair those two guys and make defenses have to figure out how to cover both at once. And also, we saw what happened to their offense last year when they didn't have Watson. 
it just went to absolute zero because it got so compressed and you couldn't stretch the field out at all. I think they'd like to have some speed there. And they have Bo Melton on the roster. He's blazing fast. I don't think he's that good of a receiver. So, yeah, he can get deep, but does the defense have to respect it? Not so much. I think Jalen Hyatt would force them to respect it. Maybe not to the same extent that Christian Watson would, but still, I mean, he, he's a very productive deep threat. I think if he, if he gets behind you, I think you're going to be in trouble. And, and Jalen Hyatt, so he's got that speed. The 40 time is not incredible, but what I think he has is that long breakaway speed. If he gets behind you, you are cooked. You're not chasing him down and catching him up. It's like the, the longer he runs, the faster he goes. And then he kind of, you know, he hits the end zone and kind of keeps running like uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> so um, I like Jalen Hyatt. I like Rasheed Rice. I like Jonathan Mingo. Those are the next three wide receivers on the board here for me. I have them ranked as Rasheed Rice, Jonathan Mingo, and then Jalen Hyatt. And I'm torn here about what to do because I think the Packers would go Jalen Hyatt. So. I'm going to take Jalen Hyatt and really hope that I can get one of those other two guys. But we also want Sam Laporta. So this is tough. I mean, is are we going to have to trade up again into you know the third round? Like we pick at 78. Rasheed Rice is projected to go at 72. Jonathan Mingo is projected to go at 83, to which I say BS. I think he's going to go no later than pick 45. I mean, I, he might be a first-round pick. We'll go ahead and roll this with Jalen Hyatt because because I'm I think that's what the Packers would do in this situation. So I'm taking Jalen Hyatt. The Jets take Drew Sanders, linebacker. Yes. Falcons take Darnell Washington. Okay. So do we want to take one of my other wide receivers or do, do we go tight end? I think tight end is such an emergency need right now. We have to do it. We're going to take Sam Laporta. We're also going to try and dip into tight end multiple times in this draft. So we're going to do this. I think Jalen Hyatt, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs together. Those are, that is an interesting trio of wide receivers. And I will tell you, they're not my kind of wide receiver. They, they sure seem to be Brian Gudikins kind of wide receiver, but Brian and I don't see eye to eye on wide receiver at all. That we just, we just have a different philosophy about receiver. And I'm interested to see how this would work if you had those three guys, because this seems to be like the combo that Brian wants. We're taking Sam Laporta here at pick 45. And now I'm really interested in, in maybe trying to trade up. So I'm going to watch and see who goes. And I think if Rasheed Rice or Jonathan Mingo go, okay, Josh Downs went, I think, I think I might really try and trade up at that point and grab the other one. Cause they are such similar kinds of guys to me. Luke Musgrave is gone. Can I speed this up a little bit? There we go. Speeding up. Julius Brents. We got to talk about him. I promise I will before the end of the thing. Okay. Jonathan Mingo went and then Cedric Tillman went. So we're at pick 59. We got 20, we got 19 picks to go before the Packers are back on the board. Let's consider our options here at wide receiver. If we were going to take a second swing. So, uh, Jonathan Mingo is gone. So Rasheed Rice, my number two wide receiver, he's still available. The only knock on him, the only knock 
is the potential for those character concerns. If we missed out on Rasheed Rice, who we'd have available are A.T. Perry. Um, A.T. Perry, to me, is like a better Alan Lazard. So I wouldn't hate that. Andre Yosevash, to me, I, I kind of need Andre Yosevash or Matt Landers. Because those two dudes are like my backup Christian Watsons. <laughs> when I watch them play, I I see... Andre Yosevash, and I see Christian Watson light. When I watch Matt Landers, I see like a better version of MVS. And Christian Watson was already like a way, 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 way better version of MVS. But I'm just saying, you know, who they, who those two guys lean more toward. So maybe there's enough guys here available, you know, and, and, and we need so many positions. I, Maybe I can't justify giving away draft picks. We'll let it roll. We're not going to trade up. Matthew Bergeron is gone. That's that's one of my guys at tackle. Cody Mock is gone at tackle. Joe Tipman, my guy, the center out of Wisconsin, he's gone. Keanu Benton, defensive lineman, he's gone. Devon A-Chain. Love Devon A-Chain. So we are, at this point, we are six picks away. What would it take for us to trade up with the Tennessee Titans? Because they need wide receiver help. So they're at 72, we're at 78. What would it take for us to move up? If I offered them a seventh, well, seventh would do it. Let's see the sixth. Sixth would not get it done. The fifth wouldn't get it done. I don't want to give up a fourth round pick to move up second. Or uh, Oh, this is a fifth. 149 is a fifth. I don't know if I want to do that, though. Six picks. I'm just gonna let it roll. We're just gonna we're just gonna trust the process. Titans took Jack, Zach Charbonnet, and there we go. Uh, Rasheed Rice is gone. Tucker Craft is gone. That's one of my guys at tight end. And then safety Sidney Brown, who I like a lot, out of Illinois. He's gone. So a little thin here. Let's talk about who's available. Marvin Mims is available. I like Marvin. For sure. Marvin Mims comes in as my wide receiver 16. So he's substantially down the board. Now, having said that, let's talk about what we like about him. Very productive in college. Second, second most, um, second highest combination of athleticism and production. A little smaller at 5'11, 183 pounds. In fact, he does not meet all the Packers, uh, athletic thresholds, but he is for uh, three, eight on the 40 blazing fast would be nice to continue adding speed. We did grab Jalen Hyatt. Marvin Mims is a little faster. Um, just kind of as a player, just from watching him, I just was never as impressed as I wanted to be. And he kind of just graded out as kind of just okay everywhere. But he, what he, he is tier one in terms of he was athletic and productive. I'm not going to reach all the way down to my wide receiver 16 when my wide receiver uh, 6 and 7 and 9 and 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 are all available. But Marvin Mims is tempting. Um, he is a very appealing prospect, and he's one of the guys that is being recommended here by the mock draft machine. Um, Kind of don't really want to take a corner and that's kind of all that's available is all these corners 
Um, looking at some other positions, Luke Schoonmaker. So this would be our second tight end, and I do kind of really want him. I think Schoon, to me, is that Mercedes Lewis type of tight end. We had Coach Hawn on here. Coach was not as high on Schoon as I am, but I think Schoon is a darn good player. Looking at who else is available, safety Jamie Robinson is available. So this is an interesting one. So Jamie Robinson is like far and away, you know, one of the most favorite safety prospects available, um, you know, with Packer fans. Jamie, oh, let's see, a little bit funny of a prospect to try and evaluate. The Packers did bring him in for a visit. He's not very athletic. 606 relative athletic score. Um, five foot ten, 191 pounds, not very explosive, just a small guy, definitely speedy. He is out of Florida State. That's something I like. I really like the Florida State defenders. I think they have an edge to him. But here's what Bob McGinn had to say. Um, when talking to scouts, uh, let's see. He lines a safety that sometimes play the slot. Quote, he's going to be a nickel corner, one scout said. He's not a safety. He's not as good as Brian Branch. Uh, he's very tough. Shared the bench press lead with Sidney Brown at 23. Second scout said he's just a football player. He's a lesser version of Jalen Petrie. I loved Petrie. Uh, Petrie's success last year with the, with the Texans will help Jamie. He just didn't test very well, didn't run very great, but he's a darn good football player with his pads on. Lots of fun to watch. So, I mean, I'm always for adding, you know, talented football players, but they're saying that he's just a slot corner. I mean, we have, we have quite a few of those on the team. So I, I I don't know that I want to do this in the third round. In fact, looking at defense overall, uh, who's available that I do like? Zach Pickens is available. I like him a lot as a defensive tackle. We already addressed edge. I don't really feel the need to do that again, especially since for the most part, my top edges are all gone. Moro Ojomo out of Texas is available. Defensive tackle that I like a lot. <clears throat> We're, let's see, is Carl Brooks still available? I like Carl Brooks. Third round is probably right about where I think he is valued as well. Yeah, Carl Brooks, he's a defensive tackle who's a little bit less athletic, but I like him a lot. You know, it is worth noting that Isaiah McGuire my uh, edge rusher number five is still available. I just don't think we need two of them, you know, especially in the first three rounds. You know, we have needs at wide receiver and tight end and tackle. I think these are positions that we can't ignore. Looking at tackle, uh, just not a lot of great options available. They're, they kind of all went already. You could take Jordan Battle out of Alabama. Problem is his relative athletic score sucks. It's a 5.9. No thank you. Good lord. He's a bigger dude too. Six foot one, 209 pounds. That's, that's for a safety. That's kind of big. I do think I'm going to go ahead and dip at tight end here because there is for me a pretty big drop off after Schoonmaker to the next tight end on my list. So I'm going to take Schoon. There's just not a lot of other good tight ends left, and Schoon is one of the higher ones for me. Zach Harrison just went. 
Zach Pickens just went. Bunch of guys we don't care about. Byron Young out of Tennessee. He's pretty good. Mm, garbage, garbage, garbage. Bunch of bad players going. I don't like this draft class overall. Oh, there goes A.T. Perry. Jamie Robinson is gone. Jair Brown is gone. Yaya Diaby is gone. Bummer. I like Yaya. Uh, there's a run on some of the bad receivers. Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Receiver I really like. He's gone. We are on the clock. Carl Brooks went right before us. So I was right. We did need to take him in the third round if we wanted him. But with his lower uh, athleticism, I'm okay with passing on him. So let's see. At this point, I think I know who I uh, am going to want to hone in on. And it's going to come down to two guys. First of all, I do want to add a player along the defensive line. Second, I want um, to add another receiver here. And the guy that I want, I think is low enough on on the consensus board that you could get away with not drafting him here on the mock draft simulator. I don't know that I think that's the case in real life, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take Moro Ojimo out of Texas, the defensive lineman. I'm going to hope that my wide receiver is there in the next round in real life. I'm sure he'll be there in the next round of the mock draft machine, but here for our, for our fourth round pick, we're taking Moro Ojimo. Uh, who we are passing up on here is, in terms of big names, Parker Washington, the Penn State wide receiver, who I just think is Amari Rogers with all of Amari Rogers' flaws. Uh, wide receiver out of Purdue, Charlie jo- uh, Charlie Jones. We are passing up Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. We are passing up <laughs> Marvin Mims. We are, oh, you know what? The other thing we have to think about, though, is quarterback. We do need a quarterback here. Um, at this point, there are still two quarterbacks that I am okay with, and it's Jake Hayner and Clayton Toon. But I don't want to take either one of them in the fourth round. I think they maybe are okay value in the fifth. I don't think they're going to make it to the sixth. But I, you know what? I, I mean, I don't love, love them. Certainly not more than I like Moro Ojimo, who I'm taking here. So Morrow is off the board now. He went to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, who are we missing out on here now? Nobody that we care about is getting drafted. Marvin Mims went. Oh, I knew it. I mean, I didn't think that it was going to happen in the mock draft machine. I didn't. But I missed my wide receiver. I'm telling you, this guy's going to go. This is Andre Yosevash. He was consensus like 179. He went here at pick 125. I do think he's going to go nice and early in in real life. This is my Christian Watson light. So at this point, if we're going to add another receiver, I mean, man, we have not helped ourselves much at receiver in this draft so far. We took Jalen Hyatt, (laughs) and that's it. It is getting thin out there at wide receiver. Let's explore if we need to trade up. So, uh, who is available who's high on our list? Mike Wilson's gone. Rockham Jarrett is gone. So, we're down to basically just like two guys left. Jacob Copeland and Matt Landers. Now, you have a backup option for Matt Landers, and that is Bryce Ford Wheaton. I think Bryce Ford Wheaton 
He's not a great football player, but he's a tremendous athlete. He's he's your backup, though. If you can't get Matt Landers, you have to take Bryce Ford Wheaton. And if you can't get him, you're in big trouble when you're trying to find any kind of a speedy deep threat. So I'm really torn on what to do here. So we next pick at... 149. It's currently 127 is where I paused it. Do we trade up? If we were going to trade up, we would take... See, it's tough because Jacob Copeland and Matt Landers are both there. And I do technically have Jacob Copeland ahead of Matt Landers. But just kind of based on who we ended up taking, my needs feel a little bit different. And I'm not sure Jacob Copeland really fits what I'm trying to do. I mean, Jacob Copeland is kind of your Alan Lazard type. And I guess Jalen Hyatt is that deep threat that Matt Landers is supposed to be. So maybe I should just trust my board and take Jacob Copeland. I think I'm going to wait until one of those guys comes off the board and then trade up if I need to. Resume draft. Uh, Jaron Hall is gone. Rashawn Johnson is gone. Nobody we care about is going. Tank Bigsby is gone. Dang. We like Tank Bigsby. Nobody else is good. Just garbage. Zach Koontz is gone. Rockin' Jarrett. Oh, I forgot. I thought Rockin' Jarrett already went. Okay. All right, and we are on the clock. The Bears just took center juice Scruggs. So, in terms of uh, guys who are left, there is one more tight end that I do want, but he is way down the board. Um, so, at wide receiver, our options here, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Matt Landers, Jacob, Jacob Copeland gone? No, there's Jacob Copeland. So if I'm going to trust my board, it would be Jacob Copeland here. Oh, but I want Matt Landers. I think, I don't know. I mean, did I, did I rank them wrong <laughs> by putting Copeland out of Matt Landers? Let's evaluate here. Copeland is, has higher grades, less athletic, a little bit less, actually a lot less productive in college. Did I just screw up by ranking these two guys in the order I did? Jacob Copeland is shorter, smaller hands, shorter arms. I think I just screwed that up. I don't think I ever meant to have Jacob Copeland ahead of Matt Landers. So I'm just going to switch that on my board right now. Because I can't like make a compelling case to you here right now why Jacob Copeland is the better prospect between the two. I mean, they're they're certainly close. No question about that. I'm not, you know, say, sitting here like, oh, yeah, let's drop Jacob Copeland down to five spots. No, just between these two guys. Yeah, it's Matt Landers. So we're going to take Matt Landers here. Let me just, before I take him, who are we missing out on? So at quarterback, uh, Hayner and Toon are both there. Not really anybody behind them that you feel okay about. So we might not be addressing quarterback in the draft Those if those guys both come off the board. At tight end, we're missing out on Brenton Strange, Josh Weil. That's about it. At running back, Chase Brown is available. And I do like Chase Brown out of Illinois. I got to watch him play live. I think he's a stud. Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina is available. There's still some good running backs here. But again, I, you know... 
how big of a need for us is running back this year. I think that if you were in a position next year where you didn't want to bring back one of our guys, you could draft a rookie and bring him in and play him as a rookie. I have no problem with playing rookie running backs. I really don't. Why the Packers made us wait so long for A.J. Dillon is beyond me. I know that the pass pro wasn't really where they wanted it to be, but come on. Let him run the ball. So I'm not going to take running back here. Um, as far as corners go, Anthony Johnson out of Virginia still exists. It's kind of about it. I don't see corners a big need for us, and Anthony Johnson is not one of my top corners. At safety, Anthony Johnson Jr. out of Iowa State is there. Marty Maypoo, however you say that guy's name, Marty Maypoo. <laughs> There's no way it's Maypoo. Uh, he's the guy we like. Maybe kind of the only guy we like. Brandon Joseph out of Notre Dame is still there. Daniel Scott we like. I don't know. Maybe we should take a swing at safety here, actually. Daniel Scott might be the guy. Do I want Matt Landers or Daniel Scott? I only have taken one wide receiver, but we have other wide receivers on the roster. We don't have safeties on the roster, really. No defensive tackles that we really, really need. Any edge rushers? Ooh. Ooh. We got some edge rushers to consider, though. This is the thing. Okay. So, in my top guys, just outside of that, is Tavius gone? Yeah, Tavius went. So he went nice and early. No, he's still here. He's still here. Tavius Robinson, he's still here. Let's wait. He's projected to go 100 picks from now, which there's not that many in the draft. But for ranks, he's 100 picks from now. I think we can we can wait on him. That's a guy I want to snap up in the in the sixth, seventh round in our mock draft if we can. Looking at linebacker, are there any linebackers here that we need? I don't know. Nah. Nah. Ugh. A gross linebacker selection available. There's some good linebackers in this class, but they're all gone here. Okay, so we were saying safety Daniel Scott. Oh, Brandon Joseph. People like him a lot. What's Brandon Joseph's? Uh, I, I I don't I haven't looked a ton at. <sighs> yeah, he's not that athletic. We missed out on Chase Brown, um, or I mean Sidney Brown. Daniel Scott is sitting right here. Oh, it's so tempting. So, do I want Daniel Scott or Matt Landers? That's that's the big question. And our next pick, this is one forty nine. Our next pick, jeez, fifty. Oh, two hundred and seven. What the heck happened to our sixth round pick? We move from the fifth round to the sixth round with, oh, I guess 207 is in the sixth round. Jeez, that's a long way. So the beginning of the fifth round to, to the end of the, it's not even the beginning, it's the middle of the fifth round. Fifth round is just super long with all these compensatory picks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven compensatory picks in the fifth round. That's brutal. Man, I mean, that really downgrades your sixth round pick a lot. Well, here's the thing. I think we have to, we have to pick either Daniel Scott or Matt Landers. There's just you're not going to be able to get both of them. <sighs> Bryce Ford Wheaton is still out there. I mean, he's not good, but he can kind of fill some of that role that we're looking for Matt Landers to do out of Arkansas. I just love Matt Landers. 
brother. Let's do it. We're taking Daniel Scott. We're addressing safety here in the fifth round. Can he do anything for us? This dude had better become a starter and he better be good. Cause I'm, I'm passing up on, on my guy. All right. Chase Brown running back out of Illinois is gone. Bunch of guys I hate like Parker Washington gone. Deuce Vaughn is gone. This is the run on running backs right here. <laughs> the fifth round is the running back round. Uh, Yasir Abdullah. He gets taken. Brandon Joseph. Hmm. A lot of good guys going. Ronnie Hickman. Josh Weil. Dontavian Wicks. I don't understand the Dontavian Wicks hype. I, that dude is a bad football player. I don't get it. Stetson Bennett went in the sixth round. My goodness. Bryce Ford Wheaton is gone. Max Dugan is gone. Now, if I pause it here, hang on. So we are 12 picks away right here. Nah, let it run. Let it run. Looks like we're not addressing. Ooh, safety Jordan Howden just went. I like him a lot. If we had not been able to get Daniel Scott, I would have been okay with Jordan Howden. All right, and we are on the clock. Wouldn't you know it, craziest thing, Matt Landers is available. I'm not overthinking it. I'm taking him right here. Matt Landers. Who we're missing out on? We're missing out on edge rusher Lonnie Phelps. Safety Anthony Johnson Jr. We are missing out on Jake Hayner. He's gone. Tight end Will Mallory just went. Another bunch of players I don't like, so this is good. Take all, oh, Clayton Toon's gone. That's it. We're not uh, addressing quarterback. <laughs> all the quarterbacks are gone. And here we go. We are on the clock again. The seventh round. We, we have three seventh round picks. Three, four, four seventh round picks. All right. This is actually where it's going to be kind of fun. So first of all, let's just see if Jake Moody is still here. Jake Moody, the kicker out of Michigan. We're taking him because we need a kicker. We are taking him. And we are missing out on guard John Gaines the second out of UCLA, who I do like. And we're missing out on a corner whose name I can't pronounce out of Western Kentucky. And I've never heard of that guy. Oh, well. Let's look at some positions here. If you wanted a quarterback, the only guy available by the mock draft machine, like you, like there's nobody else to click on is Tyson Bagent. Okay. At wide receiver, some names you are familiar with. Grant DuBose out of Charlotte. He's a talented player. Maybe we'll take him. Ronnie Bell out of Michigan. I kind of hate everything about him. Um, Puka out of BYU is here. Justin Shorter out of Florida is here. Michael Jefferson, wide receiver, Louisiana. So this is a guy that I actually really love, but he got in a bad car accident. And they're thinking he's definitely not going to play football this year. So you would be drafting a guy here in the seventh round who I think is very talented, but you probably, he's probably not going to get drafted is the thing. So you probably could sign him as an, you know, next year as an undrafted free agent when he comes back. But that's a guy to keep an eye on. If he can make a full physical recovery and get back to playing football, Michael Jefferson is talented. He was at one point really high on my wide receiver board. Jacob Copeland is here. I think I will take him with one of these picks here, Jacob Copeland. He's just, he's Alan Lazard. That's what you need to know. At tight end, Noah Gindorf, North Dakota State. This is the dude that uh, Coach Hahn would not shut up about. We're taking Noah Gindorf with one of our picks. We're probably going to try and take Jacob Copeland with another. 
Um, at running back, Travis Dye, Mo Ibrahim, fullback Hunter Loopke out of North Dakota State, Evan Hull out of Northwestern, Lou Nichols the third out of Central Michigan. That's the guy the Packers met with. I don't know. I don't love these tight ends that much. I've always liked Mo Ibrahim out of Minnesota. Looking at offensive lines, so we have not touched offensive line at all, and I know that's like a cardinal sin here. And Goody probably is going to want to take two, three swings at least at tight end, at uh, offensive line. I'm just going to be honest. We just have not had a lot of guys that I like available. One guy I do like, ooh, here's Kadeem Telfor out of UAB. The Packers did meet with him. Let's pull him up and see. Let's just see what he looks like real quick because I, I don't think I've re-looked at him since we found out the Packers met with him. So Kadeem, so one of my filters is filtering him out because he's not even showing up when I do a search for him. Kadeem. Kadeem. Can I just, how, is he just not in here? What the heck? 149 relative athletic score? What the heck did you even bring him in for? No, we're not taking this guy. Six foot seven, three hundred nineteen pounds. He's big. We already have Caleb Jones on our roster, and he's bigger. Tiny hands, eight and a half inch hands on a six foot seven guy. What the heck? Thirty six inch arms. That's the weirdest combo I've ever seen. Like thirty six inch arms, eight and a half inch hands. That's like uh, I don't know. That's like when they used to Photoshop Trump's hands super tiny. <laughs> That's what that would look like. Uh, let's see. 24 and a half years old. No. Goodbye. I don't want Kadeem Telfort. Get out of my face. Good luck to you on some other team, but you're not a Packer. I forbid it. Uh, Alex Pelzuski out of Illinois. Fantastic pass blocker. Great run blocker. Kind of awesome across the board. Let me just see how he stacks up here. This, this might be our first seventh round pick. Alex, I'm not going to type out the whole name. Alex Palk will pull him up. 777 RAS. He's six foot six, 314 pounds. He meets the thresholds. I think we're going to take it. Let me just see here real quick. So he played primarily as a right tackle. I think we're doing it. I think we're doing it. We're taking Alex here. Uh, but before we do, I just want to look at who else. Well, we'll be, we'll be on the clock here and. Oh, I guess this is our second seventh round pick because we took Jake Moody. So we have three more picks. So if we took Alex and Noah Gindorf and Jacob Copeland, but that would be it. So who are we passing up? Uh, don't care about the interior offensive linemen. I don't like the remaining corners. Any safeties we like? No. No good safeties here. Garbage. Any defensive linemen here? Levi Bell, uh, Teron Vincent, blech. PJ Mustafer, blech. no thank you. Let's look at the edge rushers. <clears throat> edge rushers, Tavius Robinson right here. I got to do it. So are we, are we losing Jacob Copeland? I think we are. We're losing Jacob Copeland. Sorry, Jake. And then uh, that's going to be it. So we'll take uh, Alex Pelzuski first. Here we go. Tackle Alex Pelzuski out of Illinois. All right. Oh, Tavius Robinson just went. Dang it. We missed out on him. Well, that sucks. Okay. So I guess Jacob Copeland's back on the board. So first we're going to do tight end Noah Gindorf. 
We're going to make Coach Hahn real happy. Take him. This dude's a freaking stud. Um, Cameron Peoples is gone. This is it. We got one more pick coming up. We'll just see who goes in the next few picks. Scott Matlock. Forgot about him. Scott Matlock just went. Evan Hull just went. Robert Beal just went. So here we go. We're wrapping this up. Do we want to take Grant Dubose or Jacob Copeland? Let me look at my wide receiver board real quick and see where Grant is. He's down at wide receiver 22. We're taking Jacob Copeland. He's wide receiver 13 for me. So we're doing it. We're doing it. Where's Jacob Copeland? See, the problem is PFF really doesn't like him. <laughs> He's not high on the consensus board either. So I actually have to scroll really far to find him. Here we go. Wide receiver, Jacob Copeland, Maryland. Boom. Done. Alan Lazard, the second. You are a Packer. And Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, dang it. It, it. it went too fast. I couldn't see who Mr. Irrelevant was. So here's our full draft. We took Lucas Van Ness at 13. Then we took Jalen Hyatt in the second round. The other receivers we took were Matt Landers in the sixth round and Jacob Copeland in the second round. Whew. Man, they better pan out. We did not do much to address the wide receiver position. But we did help tight end. We took three tight ends. In round two, we took Sam Laporta. Round three, we took Luke Schoonmaker. Round seven, we took Noah Gindorf. We tried to take two edges, but we were not able to. We only got one in Lucas Van Ness, but that's fine. Moro Ojimo, the only defensive lineman we took in the fourth round. We took safety Daniel Scott in the fifth round. Kicker Jake Moody in the seventh. I think that is a good pick. We really need a kicker. We only addressed the offensive line one time. That was in the seventh round with Alex Palzuski. That's it. That's our draft. These are hard, for sure. Um, I really enjoy following a big board to try and do it. Um, Now, my big board does not really have guys ranked against each other from other positions. I have done that in past years. Decided not to do it this year. Just maybe I will in the next, you know, 24 hours, but I doubt it. So, you know, this is, this is a little bit of a, a disappointing draft class to me because, you know, we really did not get any of the wide receivers I really liked. And I really wanted to help that. But Christian Watson, Jalen Hyatt, Romeo Dobbs, that is definitely a, Matt Lo- or a, a Brian Gutekunst wide receiver room. And I think that this could be an interesting combo. Then you have Matt Landers in there. He's your backup for Christian Watson. I do really like that. I think he can be a contributor. Not really penciling him in as a starter, but certainly putting him ahead of uh, Samori Toure. So he's my wide receiver four on our offense. And then wide receiver five is either Jacob Copeland or Samori Toure, whoever does better in training camp. Tight end, I think we helped a lot. We got three tight ends who I really believe in, all three of them. I think Sam Laporta is going to be helpful in this offense. Um, we didn't completely neglect the defense. We only took one swing at safety, but I like Daniel Scott. And then compared to the other safeties available, I mean, you know, even looking at like, at like the round one safeties compared to Daniel Scott, the drop off is not that big of a deal to where, I mean, I think that this is fantastic value to get one of the higher safeties on my board in the fifth round. So overall, I'm pleased with the, with the process that we followed here. I do need to touch on Julius Brintz, don't I? Brintz is super exciting. 999 relative athletic score. He's a fifth-year senior out of Kansas State. 
is 74.9 overall grade, 75.5 coverage grade, good tackler, 77.7 tackling grade, 80 run defense grade. Um, doesn't really offer anything as a pass rusher. And then if you look, he's, he's a little older guy at 23.3 years old. He has a missed uh, tackle rate of 9%, which is sub 10. I like to see that. Um, he played 449 coverage snaps last year, allowed a passer rating of 57.7, which is good. You like to see sub 80 for passer rating allowed. Now, his overall rating would put him... And I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. He had 12 ball hawks last year. That's low, I will say. Let me back up. So this is... Ball hawks are uh, plays... We're doing this over the last two years, okay? And this is plays on the ball. So this is, you know, forced fumbles, interceptions, pass breakups. You're looking for a nice high number. So if Julius Brents is sitting here at 12, I will say that it's really low. He was not around the ball very much. To give you maybe a different picture of, you know, what some other guys are doing here. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson is at 22 over the last uh, two years. Christian Gonzalez is at 18. Mm, even Keely Ringo had 16. I don't like Keely Ringo at all. Uh, Kedron Smith had 26. DJ Ivy, 20. Anthony Johnson, 31. Miles Brooks, 29. There's some darn good safeties in, or uh, cornerbacks in this class. Corey Trice, 21. I mean, a lot of these names you don't even know, and they're, you know, way higher than Julius Brent's. Uh, in terms of ball hawks. So this, these ball hawks are low. Some background on him. From Bob McGinn. Uh, 6'2 and a half, 198 pounds, 45240. Led the position in broad jump with 11 foot 6. Short shuttle, 4.05 seconds. And arm length, 34. Quote, hell of an athlete, one scout said. Really bends well for a guy that tall. He gets in and out of his brakes on short to intermediate routes when he's coming downhill or laterally. You love the length with this kid. He can be physical in the run game. Certainly, heavy press teams are going to be intrigued with this guy, but he's not just a press corner. With a 4-5 guy, you're looking for a compensating factor. Well, his are his length and his ability to play the ball. Ha ha! His ability to play the ball. Ball hawks. Told you it was low. Spent three years at Iowa, battled injuries, and started 5 of 19 games. Started at left corner in, Man in Manhattan. Manhattan? What the heck? Manhattan? What the heck are you talking about? Started at LC in Manhattan for two years. So he played at Iowa. He played at Kansas State. What the heck are you talking about at Manhattan? There's something about this dude that I don't know. <laughs> he grew up in Indianapolis, so it's not even like this is like a high school thing. I don't know what in the world this is talking about. I'm sure somebody who knows Julius Brents really well is screaming at me like, you idiot. Obviously, Manhattan means this. I don't know. I don't know. Are they saying he played on an island? <laughs> really a long corner, said a second scout. He's kind of like Joey Porter Jr., if you don't get Porter, you can get Porter Light. 
finished with 111 tackles, six picks, and 16 pass breakups. His speed is more than good enough, a third scout said. You don't have to be a blazer when you're that big and take up that much space. So Julius Brents, like him a lot. I think you should be super-duper excited if we draft him. And I'm sorry I don't remember who asked me to look into Julius Brents. Sorry it took so long. Hopefully you listened to the end of this episode and heard, heard me preview him. But I never did a full corner episode because I'm just not that interested in drafting corners because we have so many. But would I be interested in adding a guy like Julius Brents to our roster with how talented he is? Absolutely. And he does meet every... I think he meets every athletic threshold that we're looking for. So this might be the dude. There's so many good corners in this class. We're probably going to draft some corners, even though I just, I mean, it's just not a position of need, but maybe you move on from Rasul. Maybe Eric Stokes isn't what you need. And then you're glad that you got a guy like Julius Brents. All right. I'm getting out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. You have a fantastic day. Happy draft week. It's going to be a blast. Let's do it. I'm ready to get my heart broken again. As we're going to take, you know, Miles Murphy or somebody in the first round. You just wait. It'll be Miles Murphy or Keely Ringo or somebody I hate. I've come around on Keon White. Super into Keon White. So hopefully it is him. Or Jackson. Obviously we all like Jackson Smith and Big Ben. We'll see. You guys have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.